Welcome back to the Experience Franklin County, Indiana podcast, where each week we take a look at the people, places, and events that make Franklin County, Indiana such an amazing place. We've got a great show coming up here in Franklin County on August the 26th when four singer-songwriters take the stage at the Metamora Opry Barn and share their original music and the stories behind the songs they have written. That's what this week's interview is all about. Let's check in with Gabriel Harley, Steve Vandewater, and Aaron Lipp. Well, I am so honored to share the stage with three stellar songwriters coming up on August the 26th at the Opry Barn in Metamora, Indiana for a songwriter's round. This is going to be so much fun. Today with me, I have Gabriel Harley, Aaron Lipp, and Steve Vandewater. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Rick. So we're going to go down the line here. And uh, Gabriel, let's start with you. How did your journey into songwriting start? I was seduced by rock and roll. Uh, <laughs> I started out, actually, my, my journey into songwriting began before I can remember because both of my parents were hippie singer songwriters when I was growing up. And so, you know, even as a kid, I remember the, the Radio Shack microphones and the tape decks and stuff spread across the living room. And uh, they would write songs and for themselves and for their fr- friends and family and give out tapes at Christmas time and stuff like that. Um, and it just kind of grew from there. I, I spent a, several years, you know, doing the school band thing, you know, like you do when you're growing up and uh, got pretty serious about playing classical music and, and jazz as a trumpet player. But then uh, when I turned... Uh, well, right about the time I turned 18, I rediscovered the guitar and pop music and rock music, and uh, it just kind of snowballed from there. Awesome. How about you, Aaron? What started your journey? You know, I uh, I used to um, kind of, uh, I, I always consider myself more of a lyricist than a musician. I think uh, I'm more of a, a word guy than a, than a, a music guy, but uh, I've, uh, you know, I've kind of written uh poetry and rhymes, you know, for a long time, I think for its therapeutic value. And at some point along the way, I had a guitar, I had a guitar and, uh, you know, I learned enough chords to put, uh, some of those, uh, words to, uh, to music. So, um, in the last couple of years, I, I found some, uh, some guys who, who actually knew what they were doing musically. And, uh, they, uh, they joined me and we formed a band and, uh, they added some layers to the songs that I'd written and I learned a lot from them and it was, it was great to, to do that and to, um, you know, build some confidence with, with playing other people who I, who I thought were great musicians, you know, the fact that they were willing to continue to, to play with, with me who doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't have a whole lot of, uh, you know, guitar skills. So. That's awesome. And how about you, Steve? Well, it's funny what, uh, what Aaron just said was is really kind of the same with me. I uh, I never even picked up an instrument until I was well into my fifties. But I used to, oh, I'd write you know short stories and things like that. Then one day my daughter, uh, really there wasn't anybody musical in our family, but one day my daughter came home and she said, "Well, I think I'm going to buy a ukulele," and so she did. I think she, she got it, and later that day she was singing and playing and i thought wow if it's if it's that easy i'm gonna get into that so (laughs) i uh that's how i started playing but as far as the songwriting goes a lot of my songs i just took some of the stories that i had written you know in the past and just put them put them to music awesome awesome gabriel we're going to come back down to you who who are some of your songwriting influences oh man there are just so many um 
I would say one of the one of the biggest influences on me has been Sting. Um, I'm I I love the way he combines you know so many different influences and and writes seemingly very singable songs that are actually musically really complex. I like that balance that he he manages to strike. As far as more singer songwriter kinds of things uh, or kinds of people, uh, I'm a big fan of Josh Ritter. I think he's a, a tremendously talented lyricist and, and songwriter. And uh, of course, tons of classic singer songwriter and, and rock groups. I mean, I grew up, you know, I grew up in the early eighties thinking the Beatles were still together uh, because we just were always playing them around the house. And um, you know, the, the day John Lennon was shot was like, it was like a president had been killed in, in my household, but uh, yeah, the Beatles, Cat Stevens, uh, Joe Cocker, James Taylor, of course, is a huge influence as well. That's a fantastic list. And uh, you talked about Sting's music being musically complex. There's a reason you seldom hear somebody covering a Sting song, isn't there? Right. <laughs> <laughs> that and the there... fact that you have to have a range of like nine octaves to be able oh to. Oh, my gosh. He is just he is just incredible. Aaron, same question for you. Who are some of your influences? You know, I think it's kind of changed over the years. I think that... Uh... Initially, uh, I was I was a huge fan of Nirvana, and I think that I, I definitely can't say that my songs are reflect you know that influence you know at this point. But um, yeah, I think right now, um, probably John Prine. I think you know his his story his storytelling songs of of things you know that are very relatable you know in a in a pretty simple way. Um, you know, I I didn't know. I didn't really know about John Prine until probably like five years ago. And my, my uh, wife's father was a huge, huge fan of John Prine's. And so, you know, I started listening to him then. And I think, you know, I think Wilco too is, you know, I could say is an influence in the Lumineers. Um, I think that, you know, I think with the, um, I, I like, I like the Lumineers too, is the, you know, kind of telling stories and, um, I don't know. I, there's there's not really a song of theirs that I don't like. So awesome. You mentioned story songs. That's that's one of my favorites. And a couple of my major influences are big story song people, and that's Harry Chapin and mm. Jim Croce, uh, both amazing writers and great storytellers. Steve, same question for you. What are some of your influences? Um, well, I like John Prine a lot, of course, um, and for the the same reasons as what Aaron was talking about with the the storytelling and the humor. Another one that I I really love, and I think he's um, I don't even, I don't know if you'd say underrated or whatever, but uh, Todd Snyder. I think Todd Snyder is uh, kind of like the modern day Woody Guthrie. And then of course, yeah, well Woody Guthrie, Arlo Guthrie, the Leuven Brothers, um, just a lot of the uh, kind of a lot of old time music and stuff is uh, is what I'm really into as well. Uh, don't necessarily know who wrote them all, but but uh, they're just that kind of music. Right, right, right. Do you guys know uh, Jason Wilbur from down in Bloomington? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he was uh, John Prine's guitarist for many, many years. And he's also a really good singer-songwriter in his own right. If you get the chance to see him locally, you should definitely check him out. You know, it's fascinating. We think about uh, Nashville being the home, you know, the home of songwriters. But there are so many incredible songwriters right here in Indiana and folks in Metamora on August the 26th, you're going to get a chance to see four up on stage swapping stories and telling songs. And we're going to have a couple of special guests. Aaron, I think your wife will be joining us. Yeah, yeah. She uh, she adds some better vocals to my songs than I do. So, plus she's prettier than I am. 
<laughs> I will not argue that point. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife, Miss Holly Garrett, will be joining us also. She's a very accomplished fiddler and will be uh, providing some breaks and some background and so on. So it's going to be a great night. We talked about who our influences are. This is going to be a little more difficult question. We're going to start with Gabriel again. What inspires you? What 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 do you see or what inspires you? What is your inspiration to write? Mm, it varies depending on the day. Um, I, I love story songs myself. Um, I think that, you know, if, if I'm being honest, probably the better songs that I've written have been sort of story songs and you know, I've, uh, I was, a, I was an English major and a writing teacher for many years. Uh, so that those sort of literary influences, although I, you know, I wouldn't say they're super highbrow or anything. <laughs> I like, uh, Stephen King as much as I like William Faulkner, but, um, yeah, good stories are always a, uh, a source of inspiration or, or even just an interesting character to kind of try to create a sketch of is, is a big influence. And, and honestly, another theme that shows up in my songs a lot is I, I write a lot about and, and around nature. Uh, cause I grew up out in the woods li- quite literally and, uh, just the, the changing of the seasons and the sort of nostalgia that, you know, turning summer into fall brings every year and, and those kind of emotions and thoughts often make an appearance. Outstanding. And Aaron, same question to you. What, what inspires you? What, what inspires you to write music? You know, um, Rick, I was playing a open mic at, uh, Fifth Avenue and Beach Grove back when, um, they were doing open mic there for a while. And there was a lady there, um, who was, you know, had, had quite a few beers and, and I'd played my set and she said, can't you play a happy song? And, um, for some reason, I'm just very much more, I, I tend to write more with the, the kind of the heavier topics. I, you know, with things, I think things that are, you know, unfortunate and sad seem to move, make me move to write a song more than things that are lighter. And uh, I've had to, you know, after she said that, it was kind of motivating because I, I tried to write some more happy songs and, you know, but it's it's just never, I've never really uh, moved to write happy songs. It's kind of like, you know, John Prine say one time, he said, you know, people, people write, write sad songs because, you know, when things are, things are bad, you know, you write a song and you're happy, you're just being happy, you know, <laughs> you don't write songs. So I can definitely relate to that. But I, I love you and you love me is fine, but I love you and you love somebody else is a much more interesting song. <laughs> okay. That's fantastic. And you know, Elton John said, sad songs say so much. Um, so now for something completely different from sad songs, Steve Vandewater, what inspires you? Uh, humor. <laughs> quite simply that's it's that i really enjoy making people laugh um but i think i got it from my dad he he really had a good sense of humor a funny uh guy and um so just i like to write about really odd odd situations or uh odd characters uh, a lot of people that i've worked with in the past have been real characters yeah i think just uh I think humor is is would be the thing that uh, that motivates me the most. And Steve, you have one of my new favorite songs. You just posted it on YouTube uh, a few days ago. Fun with phonics. I absolutely love that song. I can't get enough of it. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. So let's take uh, a minute and you guys think about this. We're going to go to Gabriel first. 
So, Gabriel, we're going to go down the list here. Tell us about one of the favorite songs that you have written and how it came about. Um, I have to, because the, they're in the background, um, I, my wife and I do rescues of parrots. Uh, we'll take in, you know, wayward critters, uh, especially feathered ones, and uh, give them a home when, when people can't really take care of them because they take a lot of work. Uh, but I have a I have a song called La 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 that was actually co-written by my Quaker parrot Oscar, and I'm I'm not kidding about that. Uh, I have a little guitar riff that I'd been playing with off and on for 20 years. Um, if I had my guitar handy, I'd play it, but I'm, I'm not going to try and sing it for you. But it's just sort of this little very rhythmic, uh, you know, A minor to G major kind of thing, shifting back and forth. And sometimes Oscar, when the radio is on, he he understands the concept of singing, even though he's not very, you know, talented at it. Um, <laughs> he'll go, la, 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 along with the whatever's playing. Well, I was sitting by his cage, strumming my little guitar part one day, and this was about a year, maybe two years ago. And uh, I'm strumming along in, in, in perfect rhythm with the pattern. He goes, la, la, la. And I thought, well, that that could be something, you know, I mean, I don't have any sort of la la kinds of songs, you know, where, where you just have a sort of a repeated nonsense syllable or something. And so uh, I started playing around with that, that idea and came up with a song called la la la. That's basically, it's a, it's a story song about uh, a singer songwriter and who's performing in a, in a bar called the crossbones in uh, and runs into the devil playing cards and uh, a wise old sage who has some some sage advice. And uh, yeah, that became it became a, my, one of my favorites. And, and one seems to be one that the audiences are uh, gravitating towards as well. It's going to be on the record that we've got coming out next month. But uh, yeah, La La La, fun song. And as far as I know, the only pop song co-written by a parrot. I love that. I love that. Aaron, same question to you. Um, I think, you know, generally my my favorite song is the last song that I wrote. <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of like I always say, it's like when you're a kid, it's your it's your newest toy. But, um, you know, um, I think there's, there's a song that uh, I wrote probably six months ago. It's called One Day. And, you know, when I you know, first had, you know, when we first had our first son, you know, people would always say, you know, this time will fly by, this time will fly by, this time will fly by, you know, and it really does, you know, and they're still young, but you can, I mean, you see, it's like they were an infant yesterday and they're six today. Right. And, you know, it kind of talks about, you know, the insanity of, of little kids and the things that they do. And you think you're going to lose your mind, but it's, you know, you'll miss that, you know, one day you're going to miss that. And, you know, I think uh, it it tends to resonate with the baby boomers too. You know, when you play the song and always, you know, it's always, it's always nice when you play a song and you feel like it, it, it transfers to people and, and, you know, and they can relate, you know, and you see it in their eyes or they come up and talk to you afterwards. So, you know, that's, that's a song that, that consistently seems to do that when I, when I play out. And I just want to say, Rick, I really appreciate you inviting you know, me to come and play at this, uh, this event. It's, it means a lot to be invited by someone to come and share my music. And I appreciate that. And, you know, another thing with what Gabriel said is I, I messaged, um, Jason Gilbert and asked him if he'd be my, my, my lead guitarist, but I never heard back from him. So, but you know, it doesn't hurt to ask. So, (laughs) 
Uh, Steve, same question to you. One of your favorite songs and how it came about. All right. Well, um, I think it's the very first song I ever wrote. Um, and, you know, like I said before, a lot of my songs are funny. This one is absolutely not funny. And it's actually a murder ballad. Um, I've always really been intrigued by murder ballads, you know, the old blue, the bluegrass songs and stuff. They say if it's, if the girl's, you know, she's not dead after the second verse, it's not bluegrass. But um, anyway, there's this, we were on a family vacation down in North Carolina on a beach. There are all these dunes, the sand dunes, you know, and they all have these signs posted on them that say, keep off the dunes or, you know, you get a $10,000 fine or whatever. And I was thinking, wow, that, you know, if you ever wanted to dispose of a body, if you buried it in a sand dune where those signs are all there, you know, probably nobody would ever mess with it and it'd probably never be found. And so I wrote a song called Under a Dune. I like uh, the way you think. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it didn't translate well for like when I started playing out, you know, like open mics and stuff, because it was just, it's very morbid and, uh, People would just really give you odd looks and kind of steer clear of you um, after you got off the stage. But anyway, this, uh, yeah, that's, I, I rarely do it just because, just for that reason. I, and now, now I'd kind of gravitate toward funnier stuff, but I do think that is my, probably my, my favorite song that I've written. And of course, now you have to do it on the 26th. So, oh, well, I mean, I'll, I will, I'll do it because, I mean, you can't play funny stuff all the time. <laughs> Although well, I, I will say on this on this one, Rick, people do know me more for funny stuff now. So when I started playing this song, I've, I've started playing it a couple of times and people are laughing at the very beginning of it. And then they quickly realize that it's not I mean, it's not intended to be funny at all. And then they then it gets real quiet. I'm very excited because Gabriel, Aaron and Steve have never performed in Metamora before. And to perform at the Opry Barn is a great opportunity. And Gabriel, you said this will be your first time in an Opry Barn, right? Uh, my first time at any kind of opera, yes. Uh, definitely not my first time playing in a barn, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Opry Barn in Menomora is a fantastic venue, fantastic sound. We've always had great audiences there. This is the first time we've had an original music showcase there, so I'm very excited about it. I'll put a link in the description where you can buy tickets uh, in advance for Metamora Performing Arts, and we want to thank those folks for allowing us to put this show on. Very excited about a night of original music in Metamora, Indiana. Let me encourage you to come early, stroll through Indiana's Canal Town, maybe take a train ride, grab something to eat. There will be food and drink available at this show. We're going to be having a nacho bar. Doesn't that sound fantastic? Love nachos. Oh, my gosh. August 26th, the Opry Barn in Metamora, Indiana. Gabriel Harley, Aaron Lip, Steve Vandewater, and Rick Garrett all presenting an evening of original music. It's going to be great fun. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Thank thank you, Rick. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. And we will see you next week. And that's going to wrap it up for this week's edition of the Experience Franklin County, Indiana podcast. Don't forget, you can check our website seven days a week, 24 hours a day for information on events, lodging, dining, outdoor activities, festivals, and so much more. That website is www.franklincountyin.com. Until next week, we hope to see you experiencing Franklin County.